Sigma Man Diaries Podcast. Let's get on with it, y'all. Let's go. Let's go. We can relax, 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 have fun, have fun, fun. Get a good laugh, laugh, laugh. Good information, and enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. I, I, I need to do what I do. Good morning, good morning, good day, good day. All my wisdom lovers out there. Hey, thanks for the love. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. And also, thanks for watching. And thanks for the feedback when you join my talks. It'd be very helpful. And I love to hear the opinions and insights of other people. But I had a, a wisdom talk. Um few days ago in regards to you know Roe v. Wade um black men uh not being treated fairly or um how are black men protected men in general people of color just just men um you know I had a uh, few little um I would say benchmarks in regards to this whole Roe v. Wade uh, being overturned. And as I said before, I'm not pro-life. I'm I'm not pro-choice. Um, I just, me in theory, just being rational, people should be allowed to do whatever they want to do with their bodies. Even if they wanted to chop off their own leg or arm or finger or something like that. They are entitled to do that. However, um, I had gave three scenarios of what would possibly happen knowing that uh, African-American women, black women, leading abortions by the rate of 40%, 40% rate, black women lead having abortions, right? So this whole... Roe v. Wade being overturned, although New York State, which is the state that I reside in, um, they're not going to abide by that whole overturning of Roe v. Wade. You know, it's a violation of the 14th Amendment in the first place. Um, Human rights. You understand what I'm saying? So you have a freedom of choice to do what you want with your body. But I had gave three scenarios. Number one, a single mom, a black woman. As I said, well, has to make, you know, she would have to make a conscious decision to get married before she have a child. I know some women are violated and I know some women possibly are too young to have children. Let's just say, you know, being sexually assaulted or incest or there's just something stupid happens. You know, her, her boyfriend are both young. They mess around and have sex and here comes a child. Okay, cool. Um, or she can give her child up for adoption, you know, relinquish her parental rights to the child, you know, whatever, whatever the case is. But I said, there are three scenarios that would definitely infactually arise with this whole Roe v. Wade. The third situation was this. If you look at the statistics in the African-American community, right? where 80% of the 
of African Americans and, and, and you know, in certain uh let's just say just in general. It's eighty percent single mothers, right? And the majority of, of the sex on this planet of people are, are women. Fifty one percent populated actually is is the population is women. So when you look into the whole context of this whole thing with Roe v. Wade, who would you think that would necessarily impact and unfortunately impact, right? Yes, black women. So when you look back throughout history, the statistics, the stigma, whatever you want to call it, the unjust, the system, the, the things that they do, the things that we allow them to do, is it behooves me because see in the African American community alone it's a proven fact that when these men grow up without fathers or they've been raised without a male uh, role model in the house male structure uh, discipline I'm not going to say dominance but I would say structure Number one, those children are most likely to end up going to prison for committing a crime, selling drugs. You know, they, they say, you know, they'll drop out of school. You know, they grow up violent, in and out of jail. So when you think about the Roe v. Wade, think about what happened with the previous laws, the marijuana law. All right. They made that where marijuana is legal. They had to release a whole bunch of people. Yes, black people, people of color as well. Um, same thing they done with Obama with this um drug reform. This this whole crack law. Because they were saying that for every gram of crack is a hundred grams of powder. So if you got caught with three grams of crack, I mean you're going down for over a quarter brick of uh powder. You understand what I'm saying? The cocaine, that's three hundred grams. That's over a quarter of a of a of a key. Right. So what I'm saying is this. When you look at Roe v. Wade and they forcing these black women to say, hey, you're going to have this child. It's all women, but black women leading abortions by 40 percent alone. This black women and their own group, 40 percent, they lead the abortions, leading in abortions. So if they say, hey, you know what? You're going to have this child. Man, don't you know they have private prisons? Whether it is, it belongs to the state, the, the the public, whatever the case is, but if they released all these black men, all these people of color, men, right? And now the prisons are empty. They don't know what to do with them or anything, right? They're going to say, you know what? This is we're going to do because it's proof. We've seen it. We, we make sure that this did happen. You know, throughout the history of time of being lynched, uh, being discriminated against, falsely accused, uh, just not uh, matter of fact. You know what? I got something I want you guys to listen to. And just so you know, this is of, um, yes, fair use. And um, it's not even anything pretending to copyright infringement of any sort. However, um, this right here, this, this country... This clip that I'm going to show you guys is from Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie. I'm not sure if some of you guys uh, watch his YouTube channel. I believe, I think he have a podcast, uh, but um, it's TYT. But 
this is what I want you guys to listen to. It's approximately eight minutes. I will pause it, and uh, I will ask you guys, ladies, hey, is there anything that you want to say? Do you agree with this, or do you think that Roe v. Wade is beneficial? Is it fair? Is it just, unjust, unfair? I mean, what is it really? Roe v. Wade being overturned. What is that really saying? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to let you listen to the show. Let's go. A life sentence for simple possession of marijuana. You'll say, no way. Yes, a man has a life sentence for 1.5 ounces of marijuana. Let's put up his picture. What state? Mississippi. A Mississippi man will now spend the rest of his life in prison for possessing an ounce and a half of marijuana because of the state's strict sentencing law. Now, I'm going to break down where the sentencing law comes from and who it impacts. The man you're looking at, his name is Alan Russell, 38 years of age, was sentenced to life without parole in 2019 after being found guilty of having 1.54 ounces of marijuana. You know, you could kill somebody and not get life. You do know that. Uh, rapists don't get life. He has a life sentence for 1.54 ounces of marijuana. So what was the state's justification for this? You know, they always have a narrative. The simple possession charge would typically lead to a three year sentence in Mississippi, which is already high. Um, but prosecutors decided that's not good enough. They opted to enhance Mr. Russell's charges because he has a criminal record. So let's go through his criminal record in detail. Mr. Russell had been convicted of two separate charges. One time a house burglary and one charge of being convicted, being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm. That's according to the reports. Under Mississippi statute, any person with two previous convictions where at least one of those offenses is violent can be sentenced to life in prison without parole if they are convicted of a third felony. Oh, okay, first of all, uh, this is somebody's life and not baseball. So this is their version of three strikes and you're out. So let's look at how ridiculous this rule is. So if you have two felonies, right? One felony is a violent felony. And if you catch another felony, which can be nonviolent, so you can have two nonviolent and one violent felonies, and they can lock you up for the rest of your natural life and say goodbye. Right, So that's the rule, that's the game they're playing right here. But when you look and research the charge, his burglary was not violent, nor was his simple possession of a firearm. That wasn't violent either. Let me take you to the dissent. The dissenting judges who ruled in this matter argued that burglary was only considered a violent crime without an actual act of violence after July 1st, 2014. And there was no proof that Mr. Russell was violent during the burglary. Mr. Russell also participated in a state program that catered to what? Non-violent offenders for the burglary charge. Isn't that interesting? Non-violent, there's more. Here are the stats. This gives you insight as to why Mississippi has this law. Black men make up about 13% of the Mississippi population, okay? 
Um, out of that 13%, 75% of the people who are in prison on habitual sentences over 20 years are all black men. All right, see where this is going. Uh, Mr. Russell accused prosecutors of violating his Eighth Amendment right to be free from cruel and unusual punishment. Remember, this is 1.5, excuse me, ounces of marijuana. Uh, Mr. Russell and his attorneys argued that the US Supreme Court overturned Jerry Ham's conviction in his 1983 ruling of Solomon versus Ham. The South Dakota man received life in prison without parole for writing a bad check. It was his seventh felony, but the Mississippi Supreme Court contended in his June 16th decision that Mr. Ham was not a violent offender. Once again, nor is Mr. Russell, okay? All right, the six state Supreme Justices ended up holding his life sentence, uh, holding up his life sentence, leading to a deadlock in the appellate court, contending he was a violent offender. The justices agreed that there needs to be current reforms to marijuana laws, however, there's uh, there's been some movement to change the habitual offender laws uh, and modify those laws in Mississippi. What is unfortunate are the laws that put such a presumption against a person that they run afoul to the law in one more way, relatively small, and they're locked away forever for the rest of their lives. It's the death penalty on the installment plan being sent to prison with no hope of release that came from. Uh, Matt Steffi, who's a law professor, all right? Um, let, let me say this, okay? You can, as a judge, it's rarely used, but it's possible. You can set aside a sentence like this in the interest of justice. That's still allowable, not typically done for black people, but it's possible. They could set this aside in the interest of justice, meaning statutorily, Mississippi law codified. Not too much you can do about it, but you know what? We think it's adversarial to justice. We're gonna set it aside for that for that reason. They're not gonna do that. They're not gonna do it for him. They'll give a lot of lip service, but they won't go that far. All right, um, Adrian, thoughts on this case? I think you're absolutely right. They will not go that far, even if that's what justice would require. Because unfortunately, we see with a lot of these states that it's the black male population that is imprisoned. Because even though we know that Mississippi is a smaller state, it still has the second highest rate of incarceration across the nation. That's absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that as you mentioned, black male inmates being such a smaller amount of the population at large, yet still being 57% of all inmates in Mississippi. It tells you that this is a business for a lot of these institutions, whether it's private prisons or if it's local prisons as well, because they know they only have to pay the inmates what some $30 a day for their work, and yet they get to continue to exploit them. And this is also something that's one of my soapboxes that I'm on that we are gonna have to watch for increase in prison privatization as a result of this reversal in row. Because there are going to be individuals who are looking to capitalize on all those lives that are going to be forced births mm -hmm. and that they are not yep. gonna be able to be supported. And we definitely, we also know that about four Forty percent of abortions are had by black women. And so this is part of the process in terms of using this new era of slavery to ensure that individuals continue to get locked up. So on point, and once again, you're providing the cause and effect relationship with bad policy and what's coming down the pipe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my podcast. And remember, shoot on over to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad, man, you know. He has great content. I actually enjoy his content, ladies and gentlemen. So with that being said, 
this concludes my show. And this is your host, Nigel McKnight of Sigma Male Diaries. Some of you might like what I say, but then again, some of you might not. But I don't give a fuck. And I really don't. And y'all stay safe. Here we go.